According to Pod Live, coming in hot. We are hot. Welcome everybody we have to the best show on earth, the greatest show on earth. If Joe Budden wants to fire Rory and Maul, then that just leaves us open to take the the take throne. the reins. Yeah, we're gonna take the exactly. Throne. Watch the throne. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna, to the throne. We're gonna be the West Coast industry, even there though we we're go. not in the I industry. Like it. We in the streets. Oh, in the streets? In the streets? (laughs) This is Lil MC. This is Unlearn the World. And you're listening to Ratchet and Woke. 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 What's in my head? Oh, that's a (laughs) We're going to talk about the back of your head in a minute. <laughs> Pause. Ratchet and Woe Podcast. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We lit. We live. Yeah. Um, you know, you know the vibes. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. Shout out to everybody tapped in and tuned in, either Spotify or the Block 105. Yes. Thank you all. Shout out to the Block 105. Real, I just want to say, like, we really appreciate you all. We see the numbers growing. So it sounds like you guys Exponentially. fuck with us. Exponentially. So we fuck with you. Yes. But honestly, reach out to us because we want to know who you are. Like yeah. we're very interested. We, we see the numbers, but we don't see the demographic information. We, we'd love to yeah. hear from you. you Tell know what us saying? what so, you think. Or maybe you hate us. And that's cool too. Yeah. I love hate. I'm sure there's, I mean, we, we, we don't say enough about people who really don't like you, but will follow your every move. Oh my God. I do that with a lot of people. Like Aaron Carter. <laughs> I've been following him recently. I know. You watch his lives. It's insane. It's really hard. He is like a straight up crackhead that my cousin used to deal drugs to. It's oh like, what is God. happening? In You're the world? snitching? Yeah, I'd say which cousin? Ah. <laughs> I got hella cousins. Back there we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so yeah, email us, ratchetandwopodcast at gmail.com. Let us know that you love what you're hearing or you hate what you're hearing or... Oh, just anything. You know what I'm saying? Anything. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're nice. We don't bite. Unless, <laughs> I mean, I might. Yeah, you, you're hungry. Arana. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's get to these topics. We got, we got. There's a lot. Of, first of all, there's a lot of music coming out. Okay. Can we just talk about. Do you want to talk music? about music? Yeah, we're gonna get into the music. Ooh, there's just so music much music is. coming out, right? First of all, uh, J. Cole. How do you know this? You I'm, are I'm, industry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I mean, I keep my ear in the streets. Uh, I keep my ear. Can in we the put, let, let's make that uh, our first song for our Carrie Swisher In the pod. streets. Ear to the streets. Oh, uh, okay. Ear to the streets. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. Sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm Sidebar. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of music coming out, right? Like, I, for whatever reason, people chose, and I'm sure there's an industry reason for it, mm. right? Why people chose May 14th as the reason why, like, most of the top tier artists are mm-hmm. releasing projects. Can you tell me who and how you know this? Okay. So, you're so making we me have. Like, beg you. <laughs> so we have beg. J. Cole, number one, who oh, dropped so a excited. whole album. Right? I'm going to like. The interlude. He was on LA Leakers. He dropped a freestyle. I really like the interlude, by yeah, the way. That you know, beat was really dope. He dropped a documentary. Like, he's like, the full rollout is going what on for J. Cole. documentary? Have you seen it? Yeah. It's really Wait. dope. It's on YouTube. I hate when you watch things and don't tell me. It's really <laughs> like I, hate I don't it. understand how people like I I posted it on us on my story and people are like where did you find it? I'm like it's on YouTube. Like yeah, everything I'm not else like on scouring Earth. YouTube for things. Neither am I, but I know that it's there. Like the fuck. <laughs> You know, Whatever, I'm on TikTok. Just kidding, I'm not. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so in any case, so you got him. You have 21 Savage dropping an album or EP. Oh, Kodak shit. Black is dropping an EP. Um, Nicki Minaj is dropping <gasps> a single tomorrow. Okay. You know, she's been doing Ooh. a rollout. She's been doing one rollout or another, I'm taking excited. pictures and all of that. Um, there's a couple of other people who I'm, their names are escaping me right now, but there are a lot who, of people. Who? You could think. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll figure okay. it out because I have okay. to look look it up. But, okay. You know, but I mean, that's, you know, 
there was another big name artist that's dropping SZA, something. Kendrick, Rihanna? No, I think oh. TDE was the Isaiah Rashad. Is, ended up oh, being I'm really Isaiah excited Rashad. for that. It was a pretty dope album. I love Or a pretty dope song that he dropped. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah, everybody yeah. was like, is this going to be a Kendrick album? And we're waiting to see. And you know, If I'm they get everyone all excited for a Kendrick album and it's Isaiah Rashad, that's kind of fucked up, though. Yeah. Um, Internet Money is coming out tomorrow with like a song with Gunna and The Baby and like a bunch of other, you know, that, that, that ilk. Yes. Of people. Um, I think, and I'm not, and I don't fuck with Lil Baby. I've been all ranching all. <laughs> about it recently. <laughs> um, I think uh, there was somebody else. And he, yes, for those tapping in with us on IG Live, Sarah's absolutely right. We haven't heard anything from Kendrick in a long while. What is he doing? Is he evolving into Super Saiyan mode? We like, don't know. We, we don't just know. need a, we just a know little that it's going to change and shift music. This is why, like, when the top tier artists drop, everybody kind of stops what they're doing. Because what they do sonically will change what people are wanting to listen to. God damn it. You see what I'm saying? I so hope like that it's like just on par stop, with the music. I'm, I'm, I know. just finally submitted my album that I created with DJ Lou. Riding the Pink Cloud. That's going to yeah. be dropping soon. It's going to be out in two months. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Nonetheless. It's a long rollout, yeah. You know, but still, it's good. How well, do you feel about the project? You're, you're excited about I it? I am excited. I, yeah. like, shout out to DJ Lou. Yeah, shout out. You know, yeah. I think there's some like commercial slappers on there where I like, one, I really didn't swear at all that my California dreaming. Oh, I swear, okay. I'm going to be the California dream queen. Like, I, I'm making that word mine. California dream or Cali sober? Sorry, Cali sober. Yeah. Yeah, Cali sober. That's, okay. That's mine. That's, like, whenever anyone nice. thinks about that, they're going to think about me. 100%. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. So I'm I mean, mushrooms right now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Micro dancing. <laughs> right? But um, I think A Boogie with the Hoodie is coming out with a record with somebody else. I could be mistaken. It could be the other boogie. There's so many boogies. You know now. what's funny? It's like this will drop tomorrow. So it's like people will get to see if all of your predictions are correct or if they're wrong. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I read the list. So I know who's, I know oh, okay. more or less who's going to be dropping. I'm excited to hear, um, obviously, the J. Cole album. And and what that entails, he has Jake One as a producer. <gasps> he has T minus Jake One. Um, yeah, shout out to Jake One. Jake um, One's the goat. You know, he has a couple of other big name producers on there, so I'm interested in seeing that because I think he's been. I think over the last two projects, he's been hyper insulated. It's been like his production and like T minus, who's part of his production team, like the Dreamville folks. Yeah, he you know needs what I'm to saying? branch out. And I think that's been the one knock about. J. Cole as an artist is that he hasn't branched out in terms of production and getting different artists or different kind producers. Kind of your problem to too, though. In. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I recognize <laughs> that and I changed it up. You know what I'm saying? And now I'm bringing in people and I, it feels a lot better just to do that, you know? And then he in, in the documentary, he talks about like when he was going on his feature run. You know, like like in twenty nineteen to twenty twenty, he like did. He says it in a he says it in that twenty one Savage song a lot. He's like, I'm just gonna like be featured on everyone's song and fuck everyone up. He says it more lyrical and it rhymes, but that was essentially <laughs> exactly. That, but I guess the point that he was trying to he he elaborated it on 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 it in the documentary, saying like how he he was so comfortable. He was such in a place of comfort, like with his wife, his kids, the life that he was living that he just didn't want to go out and venture out anywhere. And then he finally got to a point where like, considering where I am in the game and, and my love for it before I completely transition out of it, I yeah. need to like really put my foot in it mm -hmm. and really show up. And he showed up on every single, like yeah. every single J. Cole feature in the last was year has been a fucking showstopper. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, for him, I'm, I'm excited that if he's performing at that level on this album, I'm really looking forward to the album. You know what I'm saying? I, I am too. I don't really go back to KOD that much. I do, though. ATM he, was my shit. ATM was dope. I love um, that song. Motivate was dope. Yeah. 
1985 yep. was dope. The remix with 1985 was so yeah, dope. He had, he had a couple of records on there. Yeah, you're right you know? though. I, um, I mean, I think, ugh, dude, Born Sinner. It's what's just hard what's the to average? What's the average shelf life for an album for you nowadays? Okay, Top this, tier this, artist. this is how I listen and consume music. I create playlists um, based on the time. I don't make playlists for vibes. I don't make like an R&B playlist, a hip hop playlist, like, uh, like a drill playlist. I don't do that. I just make music like that's super diverse, compiling mm-hmm. all the music that I listen to from that time. So I can go back in time and see like 2019. Oh my oh, God, I was okay. listening to all this. Yeah. 2017, like I can go back hella years and see what I was listening that's to. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's like, like a time capsule. Yeah, so like yeah. when it comes to albums, I'll just pick out the songs that I like from the album and I'll throw them in the playlist and I'll just listen to them on repeat because that's like my main playlist for the year and it just grows and grows and grows, you know? So I listen, like if, if there's an album that comes out, I'll listen to it. But then I'll also go back to older albums. Like I'm now I'm listening to like, reasons older projects and like belly's older projects because there hasn't been a lot of great music that's come out recently so it's given me an opportunity to explore older albums from artists that i didn't really like as much now that now you're just discovering you know what i'm saying like new artists that you're just discovering and then you know that they've been around for a while so you want to see some of their early yeah that i had that experience with uh and i know you hate them childish gambino I don't hate Childish Gambino. <laughs> like I like somebody had yes, sent me a freestyle that they did on one of his beats, and I love the beat. It was a, it was the it was the instrumental for his song Freaks and Geeks, and I was like, whose beat is that? And they were like, you don't know who Childish Gambino is. And when I heard the song, I thought it was really dope, and I went back and listened to like all his old mixtapes, his EPs, and that's what made me a fan. And then like he had just he was just about to release the the, the album Camp, mm-hmm. which was like the album right before he like became a fucking a big humongous star. star right um but that that was my experience with him and I haven't had that kind of experience with the exception of maybe Frank Ocean mm. um for any new artist I do that all like, the time to, like hear an artist and be like holy shit this is dope and then go back to the Oh my god shit. I do that for everyone yeah cuz yeah. it's like I mean dude I do that with like AZ <laughs> like oh, <laughs> I'm exactly. super old <laughs> It's funny like I I I met, I you know that whole thing I met him in Kith and now for whatever reason every time I'm in Instagram it keeps showing me merch of az don't die some. album cover it sounds like some it's, cool merch it's funny yeah i i, I want a feature <laughs> get the merch. feature you I'm can try, get it. i'm working on it i'm working on these things yeah um but so so a lot of music happened but also as related to music there the rock and roll hall of fame just in, inducted of people into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So let me go. Am I, I, I on I, there yet? No, not yet. I think, so I think the criteria for the <laughs> No, rock not and, yet. You said that. <laughs> not yet. Serious. I said not yet. I didn't say no. No, never. but like you didn't even like laugh about it. Like you th- it's like, oh no, your time, you're coming. <laughs> Silly little I'm gonna, I am though. You guys don't even know. So from what I understand, in order to be considered for Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, your debut album has to be at least over 20 years and old. And you gotta rock and you gotta roll. Yeah. <laughs> There's that. <laughs> So here are the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees for 2021. Ooh. Tina Turner. Yay. Carol King. Okay. I'm surprised neither one of them are yeah, already there. Yeah, seriously. The Go-Go's. Okay. Yeah. Jay-Z. Oh, wow. That's, yeah, everybody's been really celebrating Todd that. Rundgren. Todd Rundgren, which okay. is weird. Foo Fighters. Yay. I can see that. Kraftwerk, Who's which is Kraftwerk? really Kraftwerk? Kraftwerk, they were a prog rock, progressive rock group from Germany. But their records pretty much gave birth to hip hop one way or another. Oh. Africa Bambada and Soul Sonic Force were sampling Kraftwerk records. Okay. Like, cool. you know what I'm saying? Planet Rock. Like, dee, dee, yeah, yeah, I know dee, Planet dee. Rock. Baby. That's sampled from Kraftwerk. <laughs> you know what I mean? Charlie Patton, I don't know who that is. Gil, Gil Scott, Scott Heron, Heron, that's really dope. Gil LL Scott Heron. Cool LL Cool J. That's awesome. 
Billy, Billy Preston, Preston, heard of, but don't really, not really too familiar. Clarence Avant, don't, don't know really who that know. Is. Randy Rhodes, don't well, really know. Well, now we get an opportunity to look up all these these people. Yeah. I just love it that, you know, that it's so diverse. Like, I think, I used to just think that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was just limited to only people that played within the genre of some form of rock or metal or punk or alternative. But it's well, like, I think it's an antiquated everyone. institution one way or another, mm-hmm. because rock and roll isn't as prominent in American culture as it used to be. No, it isn't. Yeah. So it should be the hip hop all of him at this point, right? Like, they yeah, were, yeah. So I think rock and roll, I think at this point no longer speaks to a genre of music. It doesn't. More about like a vibe. Being a rock star. Yeah. Pop star. You see rock what I'm saying? Star, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's, and, and that's an interesting dynamic. And did you know that rock and roll meant like to, to fuck? What? So the term <laughs> rock and roll is pulled or derives from. Oh my god! Because you're rocking and then and you're rolling, rolling exactly. Over. And the the, the 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 people who started rock and roll started from R and B, rhythm and blues. So people like Lil Richard and people um, like uh, other artists like Ike Turner, even you know uh-huh. what I'm saying, were doing songs where they were like shake, rattle, and roll. Like they were using it as a euphemism to explain fucking. All music that we let the children listen to is about fucking and doing cocaine. All of it is about doing like like semi charm kind of life is the most like do 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 do. I do meth. It makes me really high. Like that's basically what it is. Oh my god! My dad was playing that in the car when I was like ten, and I was like, "This is my shit." I read the lyrics. I'm like, "What is he talking about?" It's always interesting to listen to music that you listen to when you were younger with an older frame of mind or even movies like yo what the fuck oh like, who or- was i talking to that like there's uh uh pinky in the brain i was talking to the yeah. rap nerd shout out to rap nerd saying that pinky in the brain is like an adult show because listen oh my god this was fascinating <laughs> um <laughs> me and the rap nerd were going into a deep combo about this <laughs> cartoons were never were not created for kids they were created for adults that makes sense yeah so totally. like all of the like initial characters like betty boop yeah you know Kids just started watching it, but that was that was created for adult entertainment, not ah, porn. But like yeah. it was, you know, the way that we watch like Rick and Morty and Family Guy, like that's how that's how Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, those were created for adults. Interesting. Isn't that fucking that, no wonder they wild? have so much racist shit. In there. And <laughs> the same conversation we had got derailed. And did you know that Red Bull contains bull semen? What? What? Wait, 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 what? It's called like, maybe someone on here that's listening knows, but probably as soon as I said (laughs) ball semen, they're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, Yeah, but that's why Red Bull, it's it's Torrance or something like that. I forget the exact name of it, but it's like a hormone that's found in bull semen and that's what they use. But now they like synthesize it. But yeah, I'm cool. Mm-hmm. Thank you for Red that. Bull is I'm not never, good. Never again. <laughs> I want to I want to figure out the exact words like torrents. Somebody told me like once that. that raspberry flavored anything comes from the anal glands of like raccoons or some shit like that. What? Like yeah. How on, does how does anal raccoons create we're gonna, raspberry? We're going to we're going to find this out right now, right? But <laughs> so like just fucking <laughs> stupid. <laughs> well, we're talking about weird ingredients. So you got to, you know, raspberry so when I'm drinking a raspberry iced tea, they had to like, you know what they do with dogs is they have to like release the anal glands of dogs. Anal glands of beaver. No way. Yep. 
Decades ago, scientists used compounds extracted from a gland of a beaver's tush to help create strawberry and raspberry flavorings or enhance vanilla substitutes. Like, why can't you just use raspberries and strawberries? And you motherfuckers <laughs> is worried about the vaccine, you oh, fucking yeah. simple assholes. <laughs> like Sarah everybody. with the win. It's taurine. T-A-U-R-I-N-E. Oh, shout out to Sarah. Yeah, Sarah. Encyclopedia. Yeah, like, thank you. Like, if you drink Red Bull or anything raspberry or strawberry, don't, don't tell me, me about anything yeah. about a fucking vaccine. Seriously. Like, get the fuck well, that's out what of I'm, here. That's the thing. Is like, I totally respect people that don't want to get the vaccine. That's cool. Right. But, and if, you know. But don't tell that to me puffing if, on a cigarette. <laughs> don't tell me that puffing on a cigarette. Don't tell me that eating some bullshit, like, produce you bought at Walmart that's been shipped from, like, you know, seriously, Mexico, like <laughs> 10 months in advance with pumped full of hormones and For shit. Real. Like everything that, unless you're like really, you know, Dr. Sebi ish and stuff like that, like yeah. I don't really like when you're telling me that you don't want to get the vaccine because you're worried about what's coming into your body, that's pretty laughable to me. Yeah. Especially like, if you eat fast food or any meat. If you, if you breathe meat, American air. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like, for get real. Get the fuck out of here. It's like we're all, or like people that think the government's tracking them. I'm like, your phone is a tracking device. <laughs> exactly. Like you're listening. You have the government in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They know exactly. They know exactly you're what you're doing and what to sell you. Have you, you. ever sp- had a conversation while watching YouTube and all of a sudden the ad is exactly thing you're having a conversation Every about like it's, it's, it's insane they're listening it's to you scary. the government doesn't care you're not like a fucking spy they're i know not, everybody it, thinks they're like malcolm x being like yeah. tapped into and it's they're like, social engineering us they've been doing that forever just i don't know what you want to do yeah. about it do you want to go james bond do you want to go ron swanson on people, parks and rec bro <laughs> i think people want to be contrarians for contrarian sake like, yeah just for the sake i mean of we're literally time. being contrarian to the contrarians yeah exactly so. <laughs> you know i mean okay but speaking of which oh my god let's yeah. talk about that snl skit that the gen zers canceled yes <laughs> so, <laughs> so i haven't even seen it um, and, and just so quickly i have the theory that generation x really does not like Gen Z and they continue to perpetuate this divide, right? Like we continue to make fun of Gen Z. We're Gen X. Yes. We're not millennials. Well, we're technically millennials and Generation X stops at 1980. X sounds cooler than Z, you know? Generation X reminds me of Professor X. I I grew up always thinking that I was Generation X and then I read something that millennials are 1981 up until like 1990 something. Okay, so you are a millennial. So we're considered a millennial. So I'm a Gen X and you're a millennial. You're not a Gen X. I'm 1991. No, 1981 is the cutoff. 1980 is the cutoff for Generation X. 1981 makes you a millennial. Oh. And then, and then Generation Z, I think, is 2000 and beyond. Oh, my God. Fuck so, all this label. So, Who gives a fuck, In any dude? case, yeah, exactly. So, but in any case, SNL did a skit. Elon Musk was yes. on SNL. Okay. He and did so a skit about what Generation they were doing Z. is they were mocking uh, Gen Z by using all of the words and euphemisms that Gen Z claims to have owned, such as bruh and, like, I don't know, all the other terminology that right. they use. Even though, in reality, those are all words that they took from hip-hop culture. You know, like, all of the stuff that... (laughs) Everything that Everything that Gen Z Z says or does comes from hip-hop culture. Yes, so you didn't didn't create it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or even, like, you know, I bet you they listen to uh, Cardi B up and it's stuck and are like, that's ours now! It's like, no, that's been in (laughs) hip-hop culture for years. Like, you just don't know because you aren't in the fucking culture. But anyways... (laughs) So Elon Musk was saying all of these, was mocking Gen Z in the skit, saying all of these like 
Gen Z words. And what ended up happening is there was lashback on it saying that it was cultural appropriation. <laughs> I can't with people. So anymore. wait, wait a minute. Did did Gen Z steal it from hip hop or is it Gen Z? Because if it's Gen Z, then it's not a cultural appropriation. If you're saying that you did steal it from hip hop, then it might be cultural appropriation. So you're in a little bind, you know, rocking a hard place, aren't you? <laughs> exactly. You either it's, have to tell everyone that you're phony as fuck and you're not original. It's or... just so silly, you know what I'm saying? But I don't think they associate it with hip hop culture because because I don't watch sports actively. I completely forget the fact that most non uh, POC people are deriving their pop culture from the athletes they watch. Yes. And the athletes are, are predominantly it. black and they're getting it from hip hop culture. So this 100%. becomes the avenue by which Gen Z becomes introduced to anything Basketball cool. and hip hop have been tied together for fucking ever. Like that's why like United Masters has a partnership with NBA 2K, which is why yeah. they get hip hop. That's what my song got on there. Yeah. They're not looking for like pop songs to partner with NBA 2K. No, exactly. Like there's a reason why athletes, NBA athletes, athletes want to be rappers so bad. Beat. The dude, I talked to fucking uh, what's his face on the James phone. James Worthy. I was talking to James Worthy Shout on the phone. Shout out to James Worthy. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> like, and he has like a whole mark, like hip hop marketing label that he does. That's He's insane. like a fucking all star. Like, all want to be rappers so bad. And it's all you get your rappers cool want to be ballers. Right. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's so. It's very. It's a very interesting like, and then there you are, don't even the boxing and in hip-hop too i, I feel like kind of goes hand in hand a little oh yeah bit, no boxing 100 you know? because like all the champions of the last maybe 20 years have been involved in hip-hop I, and yes hip-hop and have rappers performing right yep. before they get into the mm -hmm. ring and like all shit. these rappers are boxing now like Nas is like a boxer like boxing every day yeah being trained by like the best of the best it's yeah exactly like uh, rappers are doing it for health I do boxing you do boxing yeah because boxing and emceeing has a lot of parallels I was actually talking with Sarah about this because yeah. Sarah was filming us when we uh, me and my boxing coach and, and Adrian my son were, were doing little boxing um, mm -hmm. videos and stuff and it's like I've just learned that there's a lot of similarities because what you're doing like boxing is such a mental sport yes it's really a lot more than just um physicality. trying to be fat yeah physicality you're trying to be like yes you need to be quick you need to be strong and you need, you to, need do to outsmart the right way. your opponent you right need to recognize patterns yes you need to pace yourself yeah There's endurance and involved. when they're tired you go for them see if you need like it's just it's it's almost like being a pitcher in baseball yeah which is like baseball is also entirely mental as well mm -hmm. you know um you're just like applying your 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 physical skill to a mental to a mental game, right. you know, it's like physical chess almost. Exactly. But boxing is the same way, in the same way that a rapper is trying to, you know, like set up punchlines or create song structures or like build ups, tension and release. Like it's all it's all very similar. So like when you're training your mind to be a boxer, it's actually like also working out the same muscle that you use as a musician, songwriter, or rapper. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. You know what I'm saying, but yeah, it's like, but I I think I've I've often taken for granted that 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 avenue between pop culture or or like non POC culture, and then on the other side of it, hip hop culture, which is the predominant POC culture, and then hip and athletic sports becoming the the the. Uh, that's the not the vestibule. What's the word I'm looking for? Vestibule. Holy <laughs> shit! You just just go ahead and say festooned. No. <laughs> Go ahead and just throw no. it out there. <laughs> um, the the vehicle, the 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 yeah, the vehicle 
for for it to transfer through. That's not the word I'm looking for, but it'll. It's gonna drive you nuts. That's like one of the things when you're trying to think of a a very specific word that's like perfect for what you're saying and you can't think of it. It like it it, it gives you like a brain freeze. It like makes me like I can't even focus on what we're talking (laughs) about anymore. I know I'm almost disappointed in myself. No, I I've created like a vocabulary list of cool words that I like now. And I start integrating them into normal conversation until they become at the forefront of my memory so I can, like, access them that's, really quickly. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, like, I'm I do very that with, nerdy. Like, facts. I do that oh with, Oh, my like, God, I know. I hate facts, you. research, information. In 1914, <laughs> Afghanistan. <laughs> because it helps to explain your points. When you have historical, cultural references at the ready. I know. You can engage in any conversation with anybody and then, A... It gives not only the general perception that you're extremely intelligent. You, you really good. like that perception. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Because people watch the way you talk and what words you use to determine what kind of opportunities they want to get. I know. You. That's like, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I was just talking to you about this because I've been utilizing Clubhouse so much to, to network with people. Yeah. And like, even getting to that space where you're a speaker on in a room with a bunch of industry people, you get an opportunity to speak. But the way you speak, your etiquette like yeah, you know so like exactly. I, I i asked the question like I'm, I'm i'm really thinking about touring and performing and so those are the questions that i'm asking right now and i was like what, what would your recommendation be for an indie artist that's trying to level up and get opportunities to to get um placed in festival circuits or like open up for other artists you know what and they were like well what i would recommend to you is i would start making noise in your own town and blah 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 and like I could have rebuttaled and been like, well, bitch, I've been doing that. Like, you know, but I, I didn't say that. I just, I, you know, I was like, thank you for yeah. your response. And I ended up tapping in with her again later. And I told yeah. her like, you know, I didn't, I didn't at the moment respond to you because I felt like, you know, I wanted to give space for other people in the room. And she said that in itself, that fact that you had the the inclination not to, 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 you know, jump in and, and rebut- rebuttal what I just said, that shows that you have like the, the street smarts, to know how the to navigate savvy. the savvy. Yeah, exactly. You're so a like savvy little mix. Aren't well, you? it's all that's <laughs> everything you're saying is exactly the same thing. It's like right. a, once you get in a position to speak with someone that does have any sort of influence in the industry, what are you gonna say? What's your elevator pitch? Like you have to know like you and that's what I like about Clubhouse. It just gets me comfortable speaking with people like this. Like yeah. I spoke on the phone with James fucking Worthy, you know, and that's like crazy, yeah. and like he fucked with me. He's like, I like how you I, I have only listened to a little bit of music, but I like your attitude. I like how like you seem like you know what you want like it's just all of these things you just have to get comfortable it's preparation meeting opportunity you know what i'm saying but you have to be you have to know how to be prepared yeah what to be prepared for and it's like and have confidence yeah and like doing things like podcasting and doing instagram lives and teaching classes that builds your communication skills you know like i i can't emphasize enough like whenever i'm teaching class on rapping and kids are too shy i'm like this is a skill that you don't have to apply to rap right being able to public to do public speaking is incredibly important for whatever the fuck you want to do. Absolutely. You want to get a job, you can't just be like, oh, I, I don't, <laughs> I I'm going to turn off my camera. <laughs> I hope you Don't look at me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh my God, Generation Z. I hate <laughs> And they we want to cancel a. everybody. Like we, we need to cancel Generation Z because they, they want to cancel. And speaking of which, so going back to to uh, Childish Gambino, he was saying, right? Oh, how yeah. how of recent art in the creative space, like any sort of art has been boring because people are afraid of being canceled. They're afraid of the backlash. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're apprehensive as to taking risk in their artistry. Yep. And it, it makes perfect sense. I feel this. I feel that way all the time. Yeah. And I think that it's like to be a comedian, do you, totally. if, if you continue to cancel shit at the, at the speed that we're doing this, 
I've been listening to Joe Rogan and Dave Chappelle's podcast <laughs> recently because Joe Budden got rid of Rory and Maul, so I need a new podcast. Yeah. To listen to. But <laughs> listening to them talk about cancel culture is very similar also because it's like, you know, at a certain point, like the, the public has never had so much power before yeah. that they can, you know, mobilize against one person for saying something just because they want to get rid of them for whatever reason. They feel like they're the oppressor or they're the opposition, whatever exactly. the fuck. And now because of social media, they could fucking take someone out like that. They that no the common person is never able to, to have that much influence as rapidly. And we, more we, than we relish in it. Oh my God. I think it makes like the trolls thrive on that. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's like, at what cost though? At the cost of, like, we're not going to get the same type of comedy that we used to get. Right. You know, we're not going to get the same type of music, the same, the fucking like shows that are going to come out are going to be like Prodigal Son. Prodigal Son got canceled after two seasons because (laughs) it was so damn woke and fucking corny trying to be like, Black Lives Matter and like all that stuff. And it's like, yes, it absolutely does. Do we need to hear about it from Prodigal Son, a show about murders? <laughs> With the guy who looks like a meerkat. Yes, like, like no, can we I leave don't. that? I could have, I could I could as the as the resident black man. Yes, here, let's I could have done without me. it. You <laughs> tell me how you feel. I could have totally have done without it. I could have totally have done without the ambiguously mixed detective talking about it. Right, like her and the other ambiguously mixed detective make one black person. <laughs> <laughs> they literally like make one black person. And again, like, <laughs> figure out your emoji hands. Yes. I cannot tell you. <laughs> I, if I am, you really, I need to show you some more. I'm not going to put people on blast like this, but it's they use the black and hands you are, and yeah, they and are Latino. Are like like biracial white like, like me like I'm white like, passing biracial how tan are you Stop. getting in mexico <laughs> Tulum wasn't that hot like, that's just your arms that are that tan oh my god uh, um what else do we have going okay on? yeah 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 um man i had more stuff to say about cancel culture but let's move on because whatever uh talk to us about the israel palestine shit let's get woke okay, for a minute because yeah, okay. i think you are a really good person to talk All right, to and this. I say this, I, I say this, I, I'm going to preface everything that I say in this with the fact that I have been an ally or I would like to consider myself an ally of the Palestinian people for the last 21 years of my life, okay. right? Not only on the, on the grounds of me having been Muslim and practiced Islam and knowing a lot of Palestinians who I grew up with, who I've learned from, all of that, but just on a human rights level, right? Having grown up Jewish, right, and understanding the history of oppression that Jewish people have faced, it has always been a conundrum for me to watch Jewish people do this to other people. Mm -hmm. It has always been a travesty, and I have spoken out about it. I've gone to every single rally and protest I was able to at younger ages when they were having what they called then the Intifada, which is like a rebellion, Mm -hmm. right? And they've had two or three over the last 30 years that were like serious, you know? Mm -hmm. So for those who are kind of unaware of the issues, right, it's in 1946, shortly after World War II, United States... Some of the other Western powers, including the United uh, the United Kingdom, had to figure out where to place the mis- the displaced Jews from the Holocaust. P- the Jews that were in Poland, the Jews that were in other parts of Eastern Europe, they had to figure out where to place them. They couldn't allow them to go back to their no, their houses country? were devastated. Everything was gone. Right? They, they didn't own anything. They just they wanted to create. They wanted to avoid the possibility of this ever happening again, where one ethnic group is singled out for mass extermination. 
right? And they wanted to make, ensure that Jewish people, that it didn't happen to Jewish people ever again. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to find a place for the Jews to live mm-hmm. where they can be amongst themselves and be self-determined. And, and So they, from what I understand in terms of history, they considered places in, in um, Argentina. They considered other places. Um, they landed on Israel because that is their historic homeland. And you look at the Torah, you look at the Bible, that's their historic homeland, right? Unbeknownst to the Palestinian people who have lived there their entire existence as a peace, as a people, right? Like that's who owns that land. That's who's had claim to that land for centuries, millennia, whatever the case is. It's their homeland. So in 1946 at World War II, they literally placed Jews in this place. Mm-hmm. And displaced the Palestinian people. There was no way for them to both cohabitate the same land and find a way they, to do they that. They could, but the idea, the, the just the mere idea that these random foreign powers are going to come and place people yeah. here and give them more rights and sovereignty over the land than us who are native. Yeah, it's colonialization. It's colon. Exactly, That's what it it's is. already colonialism, right? So, like, so. That was the, the first issue. And I think there was a big war and the United States backed by, or Israel backed by the United States, backed by the United Canada, the United Kingdom, France, everybody. UK. They won that war. Yeah. It happened all again. The colonizers. It happened again in 1968, right? All the Arab countries were like, no, we're going to try to get these people their land back. And they lost again. The right? Arabs against the exactly. fucking in the nineteen yeah, in the nineteen seventies they tried to figure out okay we're gonna try to figure out where the Palestinians live and where the Jews live mm-hmm. and over the course of the last forty almost fifty years Palestinian people have been literally relegated to the Gaza Strip which is a small strip of land on the east side of Israel or Jerusalem wherever mm-hmm. and the West Bank which is another strip of land right. So this 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 landmass where these this uh, entire group of people used to own live that was there have now been relegated to these two little ghettos. Dude, what right? the fuck? Further to that, over the last twenty years, there have been increasing um, intrusion into their neighborhoods. Like meaning, like because. Israel is allowed to continue to grow and thrive at so massive numbers. So they get these numbers. tiny little slivers of land and now they're they... going into these lands and then they're building like extravagant building complexes that are only that are specifically for Jewish people that Palestinians do not have access to. They, they have no rights to any of that. And they live like second class citizens. They have they need they need uh, uh, passports to go from one side of the country to the other. It, it becomes a really big deal now. With that all, with all that said, we can't dismiss the terrorism and the terrorist activities that have been done by groups like Hamas, groups like Hezbollah. These are two. These are two of the biggest terrorist groups on the planet Earth, mm-hmm. mainly because of their aggression towards the Israeli people, the Jewish people. Right? Suicide bombings, unnecessary killing of civilians, all of this. The issue at hand, for me at least, from my observation, is the heavy hand with which Israel retaliates. So, for example. And this is anecdotal, but this applies very broadly. When Hamas shoots a rocket into like a neighborhood in uh, Jerusalem or any Jewish settlement, it's unfortunate if they kill people, right? And they'll kill maybe 20 people, whatever the case is. And I don't want to play like the numbers, but what ends up happening is that Israel retaliates by pretty much wiping out whole neighborhoods. They'll bomb buildings to the ground. They'll bomb the entire neighborhood. Further to that, 
the majority of the people who die are civilians and there are children. Over 50% of the Palestinian population are children less than 18 years old. Mm. That's half the entire people. And they can't even call it a country because they no longer have a country. Mm. It's literally people who are in this occupied land who are relegated to these two sides of the world. this is fucked up. You see what I'm saying? So So it's not... Yes, there is Palestinian aggression that may be unnecessary in certain spaces, and I can completely acknowledge that. But the retaliation by which the state of Israel is allowed, in many cases, to to retaliate is completely disbalanced and oppressive. And people have spoken out about this for decades. They call it the apartheid of the North, right? In the same way that the Afrikaans invaded South Africa and created a utopia for them and oppressed the natives. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing going on. Jimmy Carter got in trouble in the early 2000s. He was our president in the 1970s and got in trouble in the the 2000s for basically calling what is being done to the Palestinian Mm -hmm. people a new apartheid, right? Why did he get in trouble for calling it that? Because there is a humongous Jewish constituency in the uh. United States and UK politics, right? There's a lot of... It, there's people are trying to protect their relationships mm-hmm. and I don't want to get into the and whole they're cons- making it like seem like it's rooted in religion when it's really more rooted in nationality it's more more rooted in nationality and ethnicity than religion religion yeah. what we don't understand is because in United States and in Western countries we separate our religion from our policy right where in the Middle East, their religion is used to bolster their political policy. Well, it makes it more washed out, convoluted, and confusing when you add religion to the mix. 100%, right? But this conflict is more about ethnicity and nationality and territory than it is about religion. They just happen to be of opposite religions who have another historical Mm. conflict, but that has less to do with it. Further, the evangelical wing of the Republican Party or the evangelical, the hyper-Christian community in the United States supports the state of Israel because they feel that Israel needs to be a preserved state for the Jewish people in order for the Messiah Jesus to come back. This, this is, is the only this is reason. So crazy. And and what what always has confused me as a person, just as an American, is we are a country that thrives on the separation between church and state. But we're gonna uh, we're gonna protect these people in their land on the auspices that God told them to be there. Yeah. But we don't acknowledge God in our own. So there's a conflict there. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. I'm not here to dispute whether they. I just see what they're doing. Yeah. It's not even a dispute as to whether you believe belong to that land or whatever. History is history and shit happens. But the oppression that these people face is a human rights abuse that no one seems to hold Israel accountable for. Right. And that becomes the the issue. So having watched it, having seen people who are who have cried because their their aunts or their parents have died in bombings. I mean, I've seen these people like I've been in prayers where they're literally crying to God asking for some level of assistance and justice, mm-hmm. having nervous breakdowns in the middle of a sermon because of how much, how grief-stricken they are. It, it that, that hits me to my core, you know what I mean? And just kind of watching it as a kid up until present day, it's still, it's still very tragic. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to go through my Instagram feed and see the, 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 the aggression that's happening, the fights. They're pulling people out of cars and beating them up, whether they're Jewish or Palestinian. Yeah. There are children who are, like, literally babies being, like, burned alive because they uh. were built. It's absurd, like, the level of violence that's going on. So it, it, it just hurts. And then we just finished the holy month of Ramadan, so there's, there, there's that religious context to it. So it's just, it's, it's been a lot. Yeah, and, and And prayers are to the people of Palestine 
and I, I hope we pray for your liberation, your freedom, or at least I do. Um, but also prayers to the people of Israel, right? Because they, they, I, I don't think they are deserving. At least their civilians are not deserving of these, you know, unprovoked attacks. But they still well, it's provoked. It seems like you know what I'm saying. But even then, it's like know that you you benefit in the same day way that white privilege in America benefits people who may not be racist, right? Mm-hmm. Though you are not aggressive towards the Palestinian people, your entire life is rooted on their exploitation right. and their suffering. You're, you're privileged. You enjoy that. You're mm-hmm. part of that, right? As Americans, we're part of that oppression because Unless we fund... you relinquish your privilege, you're still you know what I'm saying? condoning it. Exactly. We fund... We give almost over $50 billion a year in funding to the Israeli government every See, year. See, that's some shit you too that I was saying? listening to like, to like <laughs> Joe Rogan and Chappelle talk about. It's like, I feel like the reason why rich people don't like at least good, like good-hearted, non-fucking greedy... I mean generalizing to rich people yeah. don't want to give up their taxes because it's going to shit like this. Right. Or it's going to building like, uh, you it's know. It's just a gross disbalance of like, what are you using our money for? Like, I'm, I'm my money is going to be put to a bomber jet that's going to yeah. blow up some kid's school in right. Ramallah? Like, are you serious? Like, are we serious? It's just an unfortunate situation. And I, I get it on both sides. I get the Israeli people and the, the neuroses that comes with being Israeli, that comes with being Jewish, stemming from World War II. I understand it. I, I was raised by people who understood it. And it was it's in it's in their DNA to mm-hmm. be protective, to be cautious, to be overly like generational trauma. You know what I'm saying? One hundred percent. I understand that, but not at the expense of over not necessarily I don't want to say overreacting. Over retaliating. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I shouldn't have to be seeing a Palestinian building crash to the ground that housed hundreds of people who now no have no place to live. Right. Right. And there are already tent cities and they're second class citizens regardless. So the buildings that they have is not like they're gonna get rebuilt. It reminds for me of like how people. the United States handled World War Two. They're like, yo, this is not ending, so we're just gonna bomb this entire fucking city with an atomic bomb to make them stop. Right. It but just... it's like it didn't it doesn't sound like it's stopping, so yeah, and this is, you know, it, it, like, a, and I was telling you, it's like a bad herpes. It's a flare up, right? Because mm-hmm. they'll they'll go for a while not having conflicts to this extent, and then something happens, and it fucking Fucks up again. goes crazy. You know what I'm saying? And and that that's been the history of this region for forever. Um, so the hope is that they're able to come up to with some solution. Some people have recommended the, the two state solution, which is recognize the state of Israel alongside recognizing a state of Palestine. But yes. because of the geography of it, because of the way that Israel has set it up, they don't know what plot of land to give the Palestinians. Yeah, you have to move one and get rid of mm-hmm. the others. And Jerusalem is the, the reason why religion gets involved is because Jerusalem is the holy land mm-hmm. and it's the holy land for both Jews and Palestinians cr- and Muslims and Christians. So yeah. it's like if this is the holy land, well, this maybe is where they you all, just treat that like you know, like neutral, neutral territory, yeah. right? But then it's just like it just becomes arguments, and then that's when religion gets involved and it really gets scary, oh right? Like God. it's just holy fuck. so you know, Fuck religion. <laughs> it's, it's I'm really sorry, crazy. that's all I got to say. So, <laughs> so prayers to everybody involved. Uh, you know, we we hope for a peaceful solution, and and that's all I can really say about it without like getting too hyper hyper crazy on it. But um, I mean, I appreciate you like explaining this from from the mountains of research I, yeah, that I you've done. A, and yeah, because I think it's, it's been a while. 
it's been a while since there was a flare-up to this extent, right? So, and, and, and I see people on social media saying shit. When I think I'm this like, is the first right. time like this in the social media era yeah. that we have. So, it, you know, it, it's important for people to understand the historical context of all of and it. And people, and why take it amongst important. yourself to, to do your own research, you know? I mean, 100%. like, as much as I do, you believe in everything that you say because you're No, you gotta, you gotta, yeah, do, you gotta do, do your own, own research. And you, people will land, you know, I know, pr- I have plenty of friends who are on the other side of the argument and that's fair enough i have a mother who's on the other side of the argument yeah we, we just, don't agree with a lot we, of things we, yeah we choose not to talk about it but let's get <laughs> into our, other things exactly let's get into our conversation with my man uh mandela eskia let's go yes indeed we're in here ratchet and woke podcast you know the vibes yeah special guest my man mandela is in the building with us what's goody what's popping what's up what's up how y'all Good. Chilling, bro. Chilling. It's been it's been quite a day. A lot of music is on the way. A lot of we we could get into all of it. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I know you're an avid Joe Button podcast fan Aww. yourself, so yeah. we could yeah. we could unpack yeah. and and grieve together. Yes, collectively. Um, but for those who are uninitiated as to who you are and what you do and what your get down is, go ahead and, and speak to the people one time. Yeah, most definitely. I go by the name of Mandela Eskia. AKA Black Zeus. I represent a collective called the Black God Pantheon from Harlem, New York. I'm a rapper, songwriter, creator, all that good stuff. I've been doing it for a while now and you know, starting to come into fruition. So yeah. Indeed, indeed. What's your what's your origin story, sir? Like how'd you get into like just spitting and rapping and like was it like a high school thing for you or you was like hmm. what was your what was your what was like your your uh I, w- I wanna do this for real moment? So I think when I first, when I wrote my first rap, I know I wanted to be a rapper, but the interesting thing is that like, when I was growing up, all we used to do in the house, like me and my older brothers is watch video music box. Yes. So yes. And for I was those always who don't know, cause music. we on the West coast. So for those who don't know, video music box is similar oh, to yeah. like CMC out here, mm. like the video channel. And okay. we had, we had, uh, who was it? Uh, Ralph McDaniels. Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. So, okay. Continue my bad. <laughs> yeah. So, so basically we would just sit around and watch that. And I remember just being a kid and like absorbing all of the music. Um, And then when I, I think I was like 12 or 13, I wrote a rap and I rapped it for my brothers. And um, it was the first rap I ever wrote, but I was a gangster. Like I was shooting (laughs) and killing all that shit. And my brothers was like, yo, that's actually good, but you're not going to do none of that shit. So I was like, okay. Got the validation that at least I was good at putting words together. So since then I would do it, but I never really let people know unless I was cool, cool with them. So I would like I was kind of quiet about it. And then I think when I was about fifteen or sixteen, I rapped one of my um raps in my competition for like a friend. And then I just never stopped from there. So it just it 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 ever ever since then I was like I kind of knew I was just gonna keep doing it because I did other things and um they didn't pan out as well. Like I was good at them, but I just didn't care about them enough to keep at it. Like I was acting, I was drawing comics. Once I started writing those raps, I was like, oh, this is it. Cause it's just, it's just fun to put together like worlds inside of songs. Is that a New York thing where everyone's just doing a million different artistic things? Like he's from New York, right? And like, he's like, was into acting and theater and all this theatrical shit. Is it just because like, being in New York, being close in proximity to show business, it's just you're more likely to, to um, you know, just be attracted to that kind of 
those kind of passions and artistic endeavors? Um, I that I never thought about it that way, to be honest with you. I just assumed it was like in our neighborhoods, we always had to find stuff to do because you wanted to find something to do. You didn't want to, your parents didn't want you just hanging out in certain places. So you found shit to do. And so, you know, I, I don't know. That that's that's an interesting thing. I don't know too many people who are like artists. But then again, I do know hood cats from my neighborhood that were in my acting classes. Like they see me in the grocery store and be like, stop acting like we wasn't in Peter Pan. <laughs> yeah, like, we're okay. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, like you was Tinkerbell, fam. Like, let's get out of here. You know what I'm saying? But no, I think it's it's classic New York, like SDE, sports, drugs, and entertainment. Like, as a kid, you were either yeah. into sports and you was always playing ball at every single court. Like, my older brothers, yep. they was playing ball from Harlem to Washington Heights, so everybody knew who they were because they played ball. Right. I yeah. I'm, I'm a chubby kid who couldn't had no athletic ability in that. Right. And I just felt a way about crack uh, vials on the basketball court. So that kind of deterred <laughs> me from any <laughs> any P.A.L. Like, fuck the basketball police. There's crack here. Like, why are we not solving this issue? You know what I mean? So like, exactly. So, so if it's not the sports and it's not the streets, then you're more inclined to do music or do some sort of entertainment to keep you occupied because you know, most, and I'm not sure if your parents were like mine, like they just was always working. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm, I'm a latchkey child, meaning like my mom gave me the key 12, 13 years old and I knew how to get in the house and her to cook myself and cook food for myself and yeah. all that. So you just kind of figure it out with your peoples, you know what I mean? And get in all types of shenanigans and hope <laughs> that you live. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so no, then coming from Harlem, who, who are your biggest musical influences? I mean, you were saying that you were like rapping like you were out in the streets when you were 12 but you weren't really about that life so who was influencing you to rap like that at that age um that's interesting i don't know actually i'm trying to think who i was listening to heavy probably the locks yeah. um dmx i was a big dmx fan rest in peace everything like at that point i think was like uber gangster like i like not everything but a lot of it was like really gangster and i was listening to a lot of it so Is I think that, that just and, Big L? and I was a big fan of Cameron back then. Like, oh, okay. That was like the old Cameron, SD Cameron and all yeah. that. Cameron to do it. Cameron to do it. He was wild. So yeah. <laughs> it was probably that. You know, they didn't become my ultimate influences. DMX still is, but mm. more of his philosophical side, I think. And like prayer side that I was really more inspired by. I, I like all his stuff, but like just his character overall, like I was very inspired by as a kid. Yeah. Do you, would you consider your sound New York rap though? Because like your catalog from what I've, what I've observed, what I've listened to, what I've seen in terms of your performance, um, it's West Coast, it, it huh? Runs, it runs, it runs, yeah, it runs you, around. You There's a lot of school different, boy Q when I listen a lot to of you. different influences there. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I, I can't, I can't pin it down to say like, oh, he sound like a New York rapper. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, for you, in terms of your own personal musical direction, right, like, as you became a recording artist, like, was that an intent of yours to try to, like, do different things or try different approaches or just try to create an organic sound for yourself? Yeah, um, it, it was. I think, for me, it's like, I think there's still New York. It's, like, it's in the core there, mm -hmm. but that's because I built on a basis in New York, and then I, I jumped out and I tried a bunch of different things. So because I've been rapping for so long and creating for so long, like I just 
I've never been like afraid to try new things. And that's, I think, put me in a space where it's like, I have a sound that is an amalgamation of all these different influences mm. and it becomes its own thing. And that's because I just, I'm not afraid to try things. I was like, yo, I'm gonna do trap. When people was like, like the lyrical rappers was like, yo, you can't do trap. That ain't, that ain't hip hop. And I was like, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do trap like stuff. I'm not gonna rap about drugs, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna use those flows yeah. with my way. And I did it and it worked. So I think for me, it's just like snatching things from here and there, not like necessarily purpose, sometimes purposefully, but like just allowing myself to be inspired because as we get older, cause I'm not super duper young anymore. As I get older, I still want to keep myself fresh. So I try to mm-hmm. intake as much um, similar musically as possible. Like right now I'm a big, I'm big into like the UK drill scene. Mm-hmm. So I like a lot of that stuff. Yeah. Still the stuff I grew up with, but I was trying to ingest as much as possible to make my style as fresh as possible. And then another thing that I appreciate about you is, you, I mean, at, at a certain point, you 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 did tours. You were a touring artist. I think you and I met, if yeah, I'm not mistaken, at, at ROTC, yeah. Boom Boom Room in San Francisco. You was on tour. Yeah. And um, so just kind of speak to your experience about, like, touring and what that was like and and, and not touring because of the pandemic. Like, were you, were you actively touring or was that kind of like one of those one-offs just to see what it was like? Yeah, that was the second time I've ever toured. I toured with um, I was touring with Paco, the homie G Train yeah, Bandit. Yeah, yeah. He also mixes a lot of my records too. Um, yeah, I was touring with Paco, but that's the second time we toured. The first time we was in like Salt Lake City and New Mexico, and it was like the I think that's like the I forget what it's some Southwest or something Southwest, like that. Yeah. So that was the first time we did, and then we did the tour where I met you. Mm-hmm. Um. And it was it's, touring is a really fun experience. I can't wait to do it like in a van or whatever like that. Like you know, um, but touring is it, I think it's really dope because you really get to see how your music um, translates outside of your home city, sure. and you really get to like really test your chops and meet other people and meet other MCs. And that shit, like to this day, I still got people from Portland that listen and buy merch. You know what I'm saying? Right. People from Seattle that still pay attention to what I'm doing, so and you got the it's merch really kind of right that's that's your merch right now, right? Oh yeah, when you yeah, yeah. yeah, love, love, uh, love is free, man. Yeah, the tag free, mm-hmm. but yeah, man, I got this in four different colors too. You know, I'm out here <laughs> slanging them things for real, for real. But talk to yeah. us about you. You got a new single out called TRL. Talk to us about like the creation yeah. of that and and um just the reception of it, like how people are, are fucking with it and 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 what made you want to put out a record like that? Because it's a, it's a powerful message. Like love is free and the entire idea of like being able to show love and it costs you nothing. I tell people that all the time. Like it costs you nothing to post your homies music video. If you really fuck with it. Right. Like that's, if you really fuck with it is the key word. Cause I get people (laughs) in my fucking inbox wanting me to repost their shit and I don't know them and I don't think they're that dope. So I think, I don't know. Love is free, but authentic, genuine love because you fuck with it. Because people can tell the difference between if you're just reposting people's shit, then eventually when they see you just posting things, they're like, eh, this shit isn't that dope, so I'm not even going to go look at it. You know right, what I yeah, mean? They, like, they start to doubt your, your, your curating no abilities. Your co-sign value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah you don't but, lose your co-sign power at all. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Your co-sign, your co-sign stock will, will go down. But but yeah, if talk to just talk about just in terms of like general support, whether it's the artist community or just like fans in general or trying to gain more fans. Like, what is that experience for you? What what drove you to write this kind of song and put it out at the time that we 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 were in now? Okay, um, so TRL stands for Total Request Love. 
shout out to Minecraft. That's my producer. He produces a lot of my records, not everything, but a lot of it. Um, and he produced that record. And really the song, and shout out to Dirty Hearts, that's on the, the they're on the song. Um, he, that song was really not just about, it's, it's a general message, mm-hmm. but it's really built from like personal experiences dealing with people and realizing that and, and putting yourself in positions where sometimes you get hurt by people and that makes you not want to move a certain way right and it also relates to like music wise as well so it's really just the overall message and it's really like when i wrote the song i was really talking to myself because it's like when you have situations where you have to move around in the world and especially if we're artists and we meet a lot of people sometimes we end up in situations where people disappoint us right yeah. And so your initial reaction is to be like, fuck everybody, right? Yeah. Can I curse? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. You good, you good. We yeah. curse all the time. <laughs> Can I curse? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your reaction is to be like, ratchet fuck everybody. You can, you can be ratchet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool, cool, cool. So that's your initial reaction, but it's like, that's not really going to help you moving forward, right? What's going to help you moving forward is to be more cognizant of the people you're around, right? But that doesn't mean you can't show love. Like, one of the things my, my older brother used to tell me when I was a kid, he was like, if you don't fuck with somebody, that don't mean you got to be a dick to them. You can still say what's up. If some you see the person, hey, how you doing? That don't mean you rock with them like that, but you can show them a common courtesy because you never know, like, you can't hold on to that shit forever because that's going to make you bitter. And so that's really what the song is about i'm really just talking to myself i'm talking to the community of people out there because that translates in different places so some people are bitter and it comes out in a way that they interact with other artists if i was bitter um that i wasn't a superstar am i still there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i know our connections come trash yeah it's good okay okay. (laughs) yeah no if i was bitter that i wasn't a superstar then i wouldn't be able to connect with 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 y'all right Right. Because now I'm like, I'm looking at homie's success or that person's success and now it got me angry and stuff like that. It's like, I can't move on that. You know what I'm saying? I just got to have to move off of love and move off of being genuine and hoping that people are the same to me. And eventually the people that you need around you will, will come to you. So that's that that's the long explanation. But it's a mature one. Yeah. And it actually, it's a great segue into what I was thinking. Like, I was talking about this with somebody the other day, just like hip hop in general, I think particularly, or hip hop culture, not just the music, but the culture, right? We we exist in this world that's very toxic. Like we, you're always seeing memes or things about people getting cut off or cut off this person's negative energy and whatever the case is. Like we're always in this very rejective and competitive spirit in within the culture that I think as the more you mature and just kind of deal with your own shit, you're just like, yo, this is all toxic energy. Like this is, we're, we're in a culture that's built on this toxicity that doesn't allow us to grow as people. You know what I'm saying? So, and now we, now we're in a space where we have a lot of our OGs doing more mature content in their music. And it's Mm -hmm. kind of panned on one end on other end, like the 40 year old people love it. You know what I'm saying? But then like the rest of the culture is like, ah, they washed and we don't really fuck with it. There's a way to do mature shit in a not corny way. And it's really hard to do. Like I'm going to tell you right now, like some of Nas's music and his new album was kind of hard for me to fuck with yeah, because yeah. he's talking I, I, about I alkaline water and like <laughs> like women are queens and like yes i feel you but like can we talk can we find like a more less direct way to say that shit you know like i don't know yeah. um 
I've noticed that a lot with like a lot of the OG rappers. Like they they get almost like too mature, and it's like, damn, I, I kind of want to hear like Nas, like you know. But I see. So I guess the question that the question, and and you could chime in I, on this too, man. That like, it's is 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 maturity not welcomed in our culture? Like, is, are we just do we just drive to toxicity? Is like this. You know what I'm saying? Because like when you like, especially if you if you if you especially if you toured in U Utah and like other places where like you may be like you your presence may have increased the black population by fifty percent <laughs> by five hundred percent. You know what I'm saying? In those environments, people like I, I've often done it on tours where people come to me and they're just like, "Yo, I just fucking love hip hop, man. It's just so fucking raw and like." They 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 love the fact that it's so toxic, and it's like, do you not understand what this comes like? <laughs> your enjoyment is our pain. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. So like, what, what's your experience yeah. with it, especially? Gotta... Yeah, especially like trying to put out mature content in in your, in the in the way that you do. So the thing for me is, my main thing is that it doesn't matter what the content is. The content needs to be honest and fun. Like you can be as mature as possible. You're not going to be mature 100% of the time, right? So I think that when it comes to that type of content, it's really just about approaching it in a way where it's fun and still digestible. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of the time people are conscious or woke. They feel like they have to preach to people and mm -hmm. nobody wants to hear that. Like mm -hmm. since you were kids, you didn't like your fucking brother, your parent, lecturing you about something. Why the fuck I want to hear my favorite rapper tell me I need to do this, this, and that? <laughs> like, like, yeah, exactly. Like, fuck you, Nas. I want my credit to be <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> you with your, yeah, don't tell me to get good credit. <laughs> Buy land. I don't have money. I can't own land. Like, yeah. But that, yeah, shit like that. But also, it's it's just, I think it's in the, the, the way it's translated. Yeah. <clears throat> if you approach it where you like, I got to teach these people something, it's gonna come off preachy. If you just mm -hmm. approach it in a way where like, I'm just being myself and this is the shit I do and this is the things I think, then it kind of comes off more organic and it could be more fun, whatever like that. Like even on a Nas album, like I was, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to a little bit of it, but that, what's that record, Spicy? I thought that record was fly. Yeah, that mm -hmm. was a fly record, yeah. I thought that record was kind of dope. I was like, I would have liked more of those, yeah. at least for me, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like I just I, I want um older artists to, to be okay with still having fun, which I think Jay-Z does a good job of. Um, but yeah, so that, that's my main answer. I mean, I, I was listening to your music because I'm just I just became introduced. You're you're there. Um, I know internet's crazy, but <laughs> your song, okay, am I pronouncing this correct? Is it Ka or okay. is it K A H? Yes, Ka. Okay. Yeah, that, that song's fucking right. fire. That is like a lit, like the, the production mm -hmm. and like just your uh, your ad-libs are really dope. And just, I mean, I think that like you have like mature content, but it's fun. Like that whole song like just embodies perfectly everything that you just said. And I think that like if artists can do that, it's like what, everything that you're saying, like make it digestible and fun and recognize that maybe people that aren't in the best of spaces that don't have hella money and like, you know, able to buy land, like you were saying, maybe it's not the shit that they want to hear right now. You know, like sometimes misery loves company a little bit. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah, it's like yeah, you especially get it, during, you're the, during the pandemic. Yeah, but I yeah on the I flip side it. of that, you I don't like to I like I don't like to hear struggle rap either. 
Really? Like, you love Griselda. <laughs> but that's not necessarily struggle rap. That's more like, you know, it's like glamour. It's like glamour drug rap as opposed to struggle rap. Like, I don't like to hear like there's only certain songs that I can tolerate. Like Eminem, when he was talking about like his trailer park shit, like I could get that. Yeah, I like that. You know that. what I mean? There's certain other artists who's like, I don't, your, your, your broke story doesn't appeal to me <laughs> in certain instances. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta find a healthy medium or like people who have the come up story in this shit. Like I was this way and I was doing yeah. this and now look where I'm at. And I like that too. No, I agree with that. I think you, if you can't find a way in anything you do, you got to find a way to make it interesting. You got to have fun with it and you got to be honest. The moment you decide that you want to preach this message or you want to sell this experience, it's going to be problematic. You just got to just be you. Start with the art and then build the branding around the art instead mm-hmm. of trying to um, do the branding first and then create the music to match the branding. And I think that's what a lot of artists do. Mm. Yeah, it, it seems very contrived when people do that. Like they try, they're like, okay, this is the brand that's marketable and sellable, and this is how I'm gonna make my music. And you can hear that. It's like when people are trying to make a song for a specific sync placement opportunity or some shit. You're like, yo, yeah. I know you're making this song for Puma because all you're doing <laughs> is talking about shoes. Like <laughs> I can't imagine hearing this song any other spot. <laughs> so it's yeah, totally. It's like just make good music and then market it accordingly. Yeah. So before we get out of here, we got yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> we got we got to talk. So <laughs> this is, I mean, I've been listening to yes. the, the the Joe Button podcast for at least five years, right? I don't know how long you've yeah. been tuned in, to right. It, right? So for those who don't follow, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it's a shakeup, right? Like Rory and Maul, who are who are co-hosts on the podcast, took a break. Um, came back on momentarily and now they're permanently fired. Like what was your reaction to all of this? And like, what do you, what do you do? Th- what do you think Joe's going at this point? Like, so here's what I think. I kind of saw that coming because when they came back, the energy was off. Yeah. And I had noticed for a while that Rory was being weird. Mm-hmm. It just felt like that maybe, and I, and I know the narrative around Joe is that he destroys everything and it's him. Right. And I'm not saying that he does not have some type of say to, he doesn't play into it in some way, but I do think in this specific situation, if you look at it from a nuanced way, I don't know if I could say he was wrong. Yeah. Um, because I do think that there is a level, like a lot, a lot of times when we're coming up in this business, we don't understand business. And so 100%. we can make moves, at least from what he said, from what he, and I don't know if that's the full truth. Cause I don't mm-hmm. know what, but what their side of the story, mm-hmm. but I do understand him saying like, look, man, like I built this, I was, you know I mean? This is my, I want more. Let's wait to renegotiate, wait till your contract is up and let's renegotiate some shit. But y'all trying to push me in a way and I'm giving you more than anybody else gets. But you don't see that because you see, oh, we getting money now. So we want this. Mm-hmm. So I understand that, that part of it, but, it's just it's it's just unfortunate, but to be honest with you, I kind of like the replacements a bit better <gasps> in my like personal the, the opinion. The ice because I kind of got so. Oh my god! Yeah, I did. I did. Wow. You know why? Tell me. Yeah. Because they were not afraid. They you could tell that they were not afraid to say what they didn't care about. They didn't care about their relationships in the industry. They just said mm. what they felt. Like when the, the I think it was like the second day. 
Ice was like, I don't like Griselda. I get that boom bap, get that, get that shit out of here. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I'm about Griselda? They're going to yeah. get fucking shot. And so I just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just a little bit more mature than I would say. Rory and Maul were good, too. Don't get me wrong. It was it was fun. But um, I think Ice and Ish were, that podcast is a little bit more mature than the Rory and Maul podcast. But that, yeah. you know, I hope they come back someday. Maybe they'll fix it. I don't know. But see, what what I appreciated about Rory being there, more so than Maul, but Rory particularly because he's a lot younger. So he has yeah. a perspective yeah. kind of similar to when Joe is on Everyday Struggle and he was talking academics. Yeah. It's two different yeah. generations of hip-hop having a conversation about the current climate of yeah. hip-hop. So you could talk about yeah. Griselda on one side, but then you could talk about Playboy Cardi here, and it's not just like men in their 40s complaining Joe about Joe doesn't what it like hip-hop. Be. Like, what do we need? That, <laughs> we need Rory and Maul, or at least Maul. Yeah. I mean, Parks is there, Maul, but like, Maul. fuck. Yeah. Joe Budden's just gonna play his old man like music from like the 40s. Like, I don't even get where he gets these songs from. Like, I feel like I'm shopping in Walmart. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, it's 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 a it's a it's a funny it's a funny case, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, you know, it, it goes through eras because I think there was somebody there was they had co-hosts before Rory and Maura that got fired. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, they just were there the longest and they, they transitioned. They got the Spotify deal together. Like, I've seen it evolve. I'm super depressed about this. <laughs> like, it really, it really impacted me because I'm like, yo, this is the shit that I listen to like all the time. All the time, right? Yeah. I didn't listen to a single yeah. Ice and Ish, so I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm going to listen to it that you recommend. You say I that they're good. I, I, I thought it was good. But I also think we don't give enough respect to Parks because I think Parks still kind of like, um, he fills that hip hop box. Yeah. yeah, I just think I like to see him talk more. He, I mean, he does talk more, but I, I actually always kind of liked him a little bit more than both of them because I felt like he was like his perspectives were definitely like he had that hip hop shit, but it was like a little bit nuanced. Mm-hmm. So he would say interesting things in my. I, yeah. I, I'm glad Parks is still there. Parks leave and. We got a problem, but yeah, um, for sure. I don't they know. Do have a problem because who's gonna fucking? Fuck I know they had I like Ian on. It was like Joe's manager. Ian was on the last episode. It was a- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, they need. Yeah, Par- I mean Parks is hilarious. He adds levity Park. to it because yeah. Joe will be like ranting, Park, and then Parks like giggles in the background. You know, so it's like I think he adds balance, but yeah. I think that's what Rory and Maul did. Like. I didn't agree with like hella shit Maul would say. Like I just felt like, yeah. you know, I don't know his stance on like I th- felt like he kind of lied a little bit about his relationship shit. Like that he's never been in love or never been in, in a relationship and things like that. But I still liked him there because he added a different perspective. And it's yeah. just he's funny and like he has like you know just his his own origin story is so interesting. But I don't know what Ice and Ish, like, what's their deal? Are they even in the industry at all? Not really. Not really. I mean, they're like, but they're like Joe's friends, so they can speak to him with a level of comfort mm. that yeah. makes the conversation more fluid. Okay. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you know, it's like when you're kicking it with your peoples and, like, and you uh, just have a microphone there. It's like, these are people you've known years, so you could just give it up yeah. the way okay. you want to give it up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, um, it's wild, but once it, like, I guess... If you go like maybe not like two weeks into it, this shit, I think they kind of got their foot in. So I liked, I like, I, I wasn't, um, I got used to it. And I kind of, I started to like it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. La- last question: Convince me as a, as an older MC myself why TikTok is important. 
TikTok is important. Yeah, like like because I, I I think you're on you you're on TikTok, right? Like you you're doing like so like tell explain to me because people are telling me and I'm not I'm 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 receptive, but I'm there's no, something about not. it. He's not receptive. Just, I don't know. So as from one New York nigga to another who's older and more seasoned, just bring it bring it home for me. <laughs> So I would say the reason why TikTok is important because I was apprehensive at first too because it was nothing but kids on there and I'm an educator and I, you know, whatever. But anyway, um, I think TikTok is important just because it's like, it's a little, it's way easier to get seen on mm. because they you don't have to do ads to get on. It's more, it's, it feels more content, content creator driven. Mm. Um, and if you figure out your niche and you catch on, you can really make some traction off of TikTok. So for example, I see people like producers on TikTok and all they do is like just make beats or make little videos around production. You go to their Instagram, they maybe got a thousand something followers. You go to their TikTok, they got like 4,000 followers, people that are reposting their shit all the time. Mm. So it's like, I just, it just feels like it's a little bit, if we get in now, as opposed to when it starts to get, once they start at, you know, adding ads into it because that's gonna happen eventually, right? Right, right. Once they start doing that, um, and they do have ads on there, but I think like only certain people can do ads. I don't know, but um, it's gonna become a little bit more convoluted. But right now, it's really cool. I'm just, I for me, it's just a good tool to figure out <clears throat> my branding and what other things I'm good at that people want to see me do. <clears throat> so, so what do you? post on there like because I, I struggle with tiktok a little bit i, I kind of dabble in it like yeah. but it's like for me i just want my artistry to be seen so like i'm not really trying to go on there and like do dance challenges if i just want to be seen as a rapper and a producer so like what do you yeah. what kind of content do you post so i don't i i, I don't dance um <laughs> what i've started to do is like make content where it's like i would do duets where i find a producer and i rap to their their beat on there. I do um, these videos, kind of comedy videos, but most of it is like centered around stuff I really do. Like I, <clears throat> I have this series called Wah Wah Wah, and I just I go Wah Wah Wah, and then I just ask rappers a question like Wah Wah Why Why you say that you <laughs> love these bitches, but you married or some shit like that? And like, <laughs> I like so that. I do, I got, oh, yeah, yeah, I do a bunch of those. And um, I've been trying to do little sketches like around certain music related stuff. So that's really what I'm trying to do because they say you figure out what your niche is and then you stick to that. So I've been trying to, that's what I've been posting on there. And then I do I have this series um, for the song for the single TRL called the TRL show. And I um, find homies like around, like one of my homegirls is in Japan and she did one for me. And I just ask them a question about love and they answer the question and I put the music behind it and mm. it's like a little TV show, but it's short. It's only like a minute. So I post those on there and I post those on my Instagram as well. So I'm still figuring it out, but I'm like, I'm starting to realize that it's important to try and figure out and try mm. and figure out a way to do it the way. Cause it's some cool shit on there. And it's like a lot of different things you can use to like mess with your video. That's kind of fun. So, Stuff like that. That's what I've been doing on there. For sure. All I right. like that. But I would say rap on it. If you go on there, just go find beats and go crazy. 
Yeah, I feel like people don't really want to hear raps on there from what I've seen. I feel like there's not that many rappers. And then the ones, this is what pisses me off. <laughs> it's these fake freestylers that are like, okay, hey, give me five words randomly. And then they give them it. And then they just like bust out this perfect rap. It's like, that wasn't a fucking freestyle. You're full of shit. You didn't just rap like Mars Capone and Naval Academy and like corn on the cob. Like, no, shut the up. Where are you coming up with these words, though? I'm a freestyler, but yeah, no, it's just, it's just like I know this is all cap. Like yeah. that, that's what, that's what kind of like makes me feel away. Is I feel like all these things that are being posted like it's organic. It's like mm -hmm. no, this is all set up. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I feel it. Yeah, the yeah. response I guess is organic, but the content creation in of itself may be a little bit produced. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. But so actually, let me let me ask you this before we get out of here. So you do hip hop education work in New York? Yeah, I okay. basically I, I teach elementary school kids how to rap. For um, why are why are we not collaborating? Yeah, like we're because we we're hip hop educators. Like we work for a hip hop hip -hop nonprofit. For change. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, but so but speak to that mm -hmm. experience because like oh, my cool. my my observation of of New York as it relates to like hip-hop education is that it's very sparse there aren't really a lot of organizations that are doing it or able to get big contracts with the board of ed but like how long have you been doing it what's been your experience of that so i've been doing it here and there like when i'm with it, like working at different not-for-profits i kind of bring it i've never really worked for a not-for-profit that just did does hip-hop education mm. which Maybe at some point I will, we don't know, but I've never done that. So I've usually bought it to other places, but this is the first time I'm working for this company um, in a city that does teaching artists work and they, you know, and so I've been working for them for like three years and I did, I got one, I had one residency while I was in high school in Brooklyn and I was teaching hip hop. I was pushing into English class and we would work, I'd work with them on raps about what they were learning. And that was really cool. Um, and then after that, I was doing a bunch of stuff that I didn't really want to teach, but I had to teach. I'm like, well, I can teach this. Then I got a program in the Bronx in the middle school and I was teaching them hip hop. And they were, they, well, I don't want to say they're crazy, but they were like, it was a lot of work. <laughs> um, but now virtually, and I'm teaching elementary school kids. And it's very interesting because I always avoid, I never felt like you could teach rap to elementary school kids, right? Mm -hmm. Because I just didn't feel like their comprehension or understanding was there. But what I'm starting to realize now as I'm doing it, I'm starting to kind of build techniques to work with them. Um, it's still like kind of difficult to get them to write their own rap. Some of them mm -hmm. do it easier than others, but like, you know, working with them on like, just figuring out what you want to say before you say it and don't worry about it rhyming. And mm -hmm. then work, and backwards from that has been kind of cool and doing group raps where we all come together mm -hmm. and they they'll give ideas and we'll put a rap together and they all learn how to say it so it's it's been real like it's been kind of it's been kind of cool because i'm the only person doing it and the kids that chose it really enjoy the class the kids that show up really enjoy the class so it's been it's it's been fun and interesting, and I like it. It's okay because it's like I don't. It's not like I have to be super stern. I could just be silly, like especially the days when they come into class. I'm like, what up? But then you know, I'm just having fun, and um, 
it, you know, working with them on their confidence because it's like, it's like in, in an earlier stage, I'm building confidence in the students. I'm like, yo, wrap that. Like, it's okay if you mess up a little bit. Take your time, slow down, say it again. And then sometimes I'll do it with them. So it's been, it's been, it's actually been really like uh, better than I thought it would be. It's been pretty, pretty like fun. Yeah, yeah, it's, re- it's rewarding. It's rewarding just to like see a next generation of people have that like, like that spark in their brain in the same way mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe all of us have had at one point or yeah. another, especially when we were that y- age, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. You know, like with you with Video Music Box, me with Nas, you with, I don't know who you're... I was <laughs> yeah. a five-year-old putting on theater performances <laughs> the about Big the Al ocean. changed it all for you. <laughs> and then I started listening to Big L and I started <laughs> dropping in my drug references. Like, ah, I'm back. Exactly. I, I can talk about my drug addictions now. <laughs> exactly. But yo, Mandela, it's been good. It's, this has been really uh, dope and, and, and uh, interesting. Go, shed, go ahead and shout out um, where people can find you, TikTok, all other social media handles, anything that we should be looking out for from you in terms of your music and other creative things. Shout that out real quick. So Mandela Eskia, um, if you want to find me on the TikToks or the, the Instagrams, is at Black Zeus, B-L-A-C-K-Z-E-U-S-X. X at the end, X is silent, right? So that's where you can find me on social media mostly. Um, but if you go to my Instagram and you click the link in my bio, you can find the links to like all of my, my new single. But if you go to those links, then you can also find my old music, my other music. If you just click my name, it's kind of uh, easy to, to find my music there. Um, also, yeah, I can follow the at Black God Pantheon page. That's my collective, B-L-A-C-K-G-O-D. Um, you can follow that page as well. You can check out the, the homies that I work with. Um, Ashley Wouzier, Precious Gorgeous, Mr. Dean, uh, Keita P, uh, BB Star D, like a whole bunch of us that work together and we work in different mediums and stuff. That's dope. And um, right now I'm working on, I got a basically an album in the can, it's called We The Gods. And, but I'm just gonna be releasing singles soon. So um, TRL is out, be on the lookout for something really, something real soon, probably maybe next month. So. Dope, dope. We appreciate you, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, Ratchet and Woke Podcast. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, email us, question, comments, topics at Ratchet and Woke Podcast at gmail.com. You got to send me some radio edits too. I can play it on my radio show. So, you know what I mean? So, much appreciated, Mandela Eskia. We out of here. Peace and love. Peace. Thank you. Laters.